remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? Yes, I am. Am I in the right place? You are in the right place on the right day at the right time. To join Leslie and me, Tracy, in saying yes to spirit. And we do this show every week to encourage you to stay on your spiritual path, to find your spiritual path, and to grow your spiritual path. Because what we know is that all paths lead to God, and the path that you are walking right now may not look like the path you walked 10 years ago and may not look like the path you're walking 10 months from now. So wherever you are in your path, we encourage you to say yes to spirit. And as we mention every few months that uh, we started this show simply by modeling and demonstrating saying yes to spirit. Yes, indeed. It was a live example of the Nike uh, symbol, (laughs) just do it. Yeah, Uh, yes, yes, and yes. And now, I don't know, 88 or 89 shows later, um, we're still at it, saying yes to spirit. You know, I've said this on and off throughout that time frame, but it's such a critical thing to me to have what I call touchstones throughout the week. Certainly going to a church service or a spiritual community once a week is a touchstone. Um, creating a daily spiritual practice is a touchstone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those daily spiritual practices that just have to do with me, I might not touch. <laughs> I might think about, oh, I should be meditating, or I might want to read that, or I should. Nah. I'll do that later. You know, in the I day. should do it yeah. now. Yeah. So when my touchstone involves other people and uh, you know a certain expectation, that's always helpful to me. So. You know, even if it wasn't a a radio show, quote-unquote, you know, if you and I just had an appointment each week to sit down and have a philosophical, spiritual conversation, that would be a huge touchstone. So I'm just so appreciative for myself, and I encourage others to find that person or those people to, you know, have those conversations with. And um, it's sometimes when we talk about spiritual practices and we talk about, you know, having a prayer partner or having a prayer group or any of that, it's it's that exact same thing, that it's not just you have a prayer partner to go to when you are in trouble Mm -hmm. and want somebody else to, you know, pray for you or with you, that really a big part of having that sangha group that meets once mm, a month right. or prayer mm-hmm. a, a prayer partner, a big part of that is simply you know that you have an appointment with someone with whom you interact with from a spiritual foundation. And that is so um, enriching. It, it yeah. is so grounding in, in a world that can get really 
crazy. A little crazy real quickly, especially this time of year, which brings us to our this time of year topic. We want to make uh, some connection to saying yes to spirits in a um, more of a new thought way at this time of year. This is going to be a very interesting topic for me. I really wanted to do it when we thought of it. I don't remember if you said it or I uh, said it. Do they know what the topic is? What is the topic, Leslie? The topic is the metaphysical meaning of the nativity experience or yeah. the Christmas experience, the Christmas story. And uh, I have taken new thought in the Bible and I've done different, um, read different things. And this morning I was thinking, boy, I hope Tracy has something official to read about it because I have what I think of things, but I have no idea that... <laughs> I'd hate to say all this stuff and ramble it off like it is real if it's right. not, right? And then have people believe it. <laughs> and someone who really knows what they're talking about listen to it and go, that is a bunch of hooey. That's a bunch of, that's a Leslie thought. <laughs> so just know if it's coming out of my mouth this morning, it's a Leslieism. If Tracy's saying it, it's most likely has a little bit more of a foundation to it. Right? And if you have listened long enough, you know that Leslie is uh, saying all of that and everything that she says is probably going to be right on target. Ah, so, um, yes, we are going to talk about the nativity and new thought today. That is our theme, but we never go into our theme for the week without connecting with whatever our previous theme was. Spiral or loop. Spiral or loop. Yes, yes. You know, it was interesting. You said this uh, at the end of the show last week after we got off, and I, and I had a similar experience. The first 15 or 20 minutes, it seemed like it was sort of a, just a, a, a more of a, a definition of what a spiral or a loop was in terms of how we think and if our lives are moving in a loop or moving in an upward or downward spiral. And it didn't seem really to have any kind of, you know, what I like always look for is that mystical element of the conversation. And that first 20 minutes just kind of felt laborious. And then that last half an hour felt like three minutes, somehow getting into that track. And again, I think that plays to the point of, you know, staying with the conversation and um, really allowing spirit to work through it and not getting, you know, caught on that superficial level. Because if you stay with it, it will get deeper. Yeah, because if we had just been in a conversation after about 15 minutes, we would have been like, okay, what else can we talk about? But by going beyond level one, layer one, layer two, and layer three of the onion, proverbial onion, then all of a sudden we hit something that yeah, yeah. Yeah, made that last 30 minutes go in what we thought was three minutes. I mean, we, we ended the show last time with looking at each other going, wait, we heard a 90-second <laughs> How can it be 90 seconds left in the show? We still have, like, something to say. <laughs> you know, that is an interesting, I don't know, we really ever talk about indications of being kind of in that flow, but that is a real indication for me when time There is flies. no time and space. You know, when that, I mean, space. when we are actually operating in a way that time is not managing us, Right. And we're not even trying to manage it. Yes. We don't even notice. And I think, you know, separate from the show, I mean, that happens when I'm working on something that I just, you know, love to do. I'm designing a new workshop or something. And it'll be 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'll get in a flow with it, 
and I realize it's 8 p.m. and I haven't eaten, I haven't been hungry, I, you know, have the phone on voicemail, and it's like, wow, how did I just spend six hours doing this? Right. It feels like I've been working on this about an hour and a half. Isn't that interesting? And that's, I think it's that same thing when we let go of the reins and just go so deeply into what we're doing that it just kind of generates its own experience. And there is a spiritual practice in that, isn't it? So it's the, uh, is it the Buddhists that have the, the mindfulness treatment of whatever we're doing to really focus on, you know, washing the bathtub and the motion and staying connected and seeing the hand and seeing the soap and allowing that to become fully our experience and allowing, again, that time to become less significant. Right. To do everything mindfully, mindfully. full mind, with full full attention being paid to exactly what is happening right here and right now. Instead of like when I'm cleaning my bathroom thinking, I should really have enough money in my life to pay someone else to do it. I am so <laughs> with you Why is that? That, that is all yeah. I'm thinking about when I'm doing yes. my bathroom. I'm like, why don't I have enough money? I know people that have money that pay people to do this. But I think, oh, that's a terrible thing to think, Leslie. Why should someone else wash your bathtub? You should wash your own bathtub. And then I think, I I'm just want to have enough money to oh. be able to, you know, hire someone. I wouldn't necessarily actually, I might wash my own bathtub, but, you know, just to have enough money to think I don't have to. That's really what I'm right. after. Then it's okay. Then it's okay. I don't mind. Yeah, it's choice then. I, was, I thought you were going to say, you know, I have enough money to pay someone, but I would wash it before they got here so they wouldn't see how dirty it really oh, yeah, was. Oh, yeah, I'm not one of those people. My mother's that person. She's in her later years got a housekeeper that comes every other week, and she's 87, and I think she got this woman when she was 85, which is interesting. But, um, you know, she does clean up the house a little bit before, and I hear stories about that now. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a self-esteem issue. But that's a whole other idea, right? Right. Yeah, that's not nativity and new thought. Yeah. Okay, so spiral versus loop. Um, last week and the connection between that and uh, nativity and new thought. She's being spirited because I'm the one that likes to do this, and there is no connection, really, is there? Sure, there's always a connection. There's got to be a connection. Perhaps if I'm, if I'm in the new thought idea, you know, I doubt many people would look at their life or their spiritual program in the in terminology of a loop or a spiral. And so many of the things that we're going to be talking about today might be somewhat a little off-putting to some people that might have a more traditional idea of... Well, I'm not claiming that. Okay, I'll I'm not course. putting that into the Some universe. of you might think Tracy's a nut, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and I'm okay with that, because, you know, but, uh, yes, I'll claim it, yes. But, you know, I claim that it doesn't have to be that way, perhaps, right, right. But it is, it's a very, um, I can remember when I first took, like, new thought thinking back in the day, back 15 or 20 years ago, I was sitting in different buildings they can't even call them churches because they weren't churches and i would think you know why is lightning not striking this place how am i going to go outside and get to my car without being struck down i mean i had a real you know um what is that a damning god you know or, you know god that would punish me for going outside of the traditional thinking 
And so this is way outside the traditional thinking. Um, or not. Or not. Okay, you're not claiming that either. I'm not claiming that either. <laughs> I believe, this is way outside I believe that anyone who's listening to this mm. show has a spiritual foundation and the metaphysical approach is all about ah. that. But we're not going to get into that yet. Okay, so. I actually have a connected Oh, do you? Yay, ooh. <laughs> ooh, yay. So if nativity and the new thought, if the nativity scene and the nativity story is all about the birthing of Christ, the birthing of a new life uh-huh. and a new approach, then that is all about getting out of the loop and oh. and stepping into a nice spiral. Not taking <laughs> your volunteer job all day long. Very nice. Very nice. So I don't do connected dots often, but yes. then I do. Yes, baby girl. So let's uh, take a one-minute break and come back and talk about nativity and new thought. holidays and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, but especially the nativity scene relates to Christmas. And and what is the connection between the nativity scene and new thought, or what is the metaphysical interpretation of that? And on the show page, it says, how does that connect to our lives today? See, that's what I love, really, when um, when I have taken... New thought in the Bible, or looking looking at the biblical stories from a new thought perspective, it always seems to bring more thought to how that story really is written to be throughout the generations all about me. <laughs> no, you, really, writer. It, is. it so really cool. is. Uh, what does this inspire in you, and how is it a guide for your own life? I mean, that is. Right. Whether it's the Bible or the Torah or the Quran or the the guidebook from any key religion, I mean, isn't really we look at it. It was all of the stories, all of the examples, all of the poems. When you really get beyond the surface, are how do you take that in, and how does it affect or drive or direct the choices that you make in life? Right. But most of the time, at least growing up, I kind of didn't really get that. I didn't get that. Yeah, I did not get no. that in the traditional setting. 
you know, I got that there was, in, in, you know, that it had a meaning for me, that the story had a meaning, but I never understood that I could be living through that meaning, I guess, if that makes sense. And my life was also symbolic of that meaning, which yeah. I think yeah. in many ways the sensitivity is saying that's really, when I embrace it, you know, it's happening here and now for me. Yes, it if is. You know, it's a real-life thing. It's not just an ancient thing. Yeah. But I do want to get some clarity on, you know, just to give us a framework. So if you do have something actually written down just to rattle off to give us a bit of a structure to it, I would really appreciate hearing it. And then I think I can fly off in all sorts of different directions much oh, more confidently sure than if I have a, I have a sure base to mount from. So um, the characters and the... Um, the characters are the elements of the nativity scene that we'll talk about. We'll talk about Joseph and Mary. We'll talk about the star. Awesome. We'll talk about the wise men, the shepherds. We'll talk about the gifts that the wise oh. men brought, maybe. Mm-hmm. Frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Right. We'll talk about the manger and the symbolism of the manger. No room at the end. Love it. We'll talk, we can talk about um, swaddling clothing, Bethlehem, and maybe we'll even get to Herod. Nice! See, I don't know why I'm getting excited already. All right. Yeah. And, of course, we will talk about the, the baby. Jesus coming through it all. Right. Otherwise, I'd be excited about that other, too. I don't even really have to get to the baby. I mean, so yeah. we are talking about the birth of <laughs> Jesus uh-huh. as the Christ. Um, then we will talk about the baby as well. And so, um, can I pick what we start with? Sure. I'd like to start with the star. Because wasn't that the first thing that was in the actual story? Well, let's start at the beginning of the story in the biblical, in the Bible. The shepherds, uh, well, the angel could, says to see the star, right? We could talk about the star. I like the star. I always like the stars like now. I like looking at the stars. I like drawing stars. And I really have no idea what the star meant. I don't remember that in any of my classes. So the star represents light. The oh, star okay. represents awareness. The star because repre- it was look up and the, oh. go toward the star, and the star will guide you to toward. Right. So that light, the the light, physical light, but also the light of God, the light of enlightenment, ah. the light of awareness, drawing you or guiding you. Oh, see, I love it. Toward yes. the direction or noting this is the place. This is the. Um, this is the destination, uh-huh. not physically going into the sky to the star, but wherever the star is hovering, wherever uh-huh. the star is, that that the light is shining down. So, yeah, the the star is is probably one of the easiest things in the whole, that funny? In the whole yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, okay. That the star is light, and so I agree with you. Like all throughout the year. So often when we look up and we look at the stars and we go, oh, yeah, it's almost like that inner intuition. Yes, that there's guidance. There, that's a representation. You know, we away from the nativity story, we talk, we we culturally have, uh, we make wishes on yes. the shooting star. Yes, yes, yes. You know that the enlightenment is. 
shooting, is expanding, is moving rapidly, and we put our wish on that, also that our awareness goes rapidly. But yeah, the stars are nice that you want to start there. It's easy to explore. That's, That's the light. The and I love that you talked about how the light pulls us. It's you know because it's not because I always get caught up in it. You know, I've got to get somewhere, so the pulling. But you said it pulls us. But you made reference to it it's already inside connecting what's already there. I'm not it saying exactly the it's light what attracts the light attracts the light, you know. So it's like it's not like I have to wait to get somewhere to be able to have that experience of light. Exactly. So cool. Okay. All right. All right. I like this game. Okay, you can pick the next one. You're excited. I really am, because I think this is really powerful stuff. And that, to me, is is the meaning of um, some of the things in terms of that I've just kind of taken for granted. The new thought in the Bible class, if you're anywhere near a Center for Spiritual Living, I think they have them in various places. Certainly the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas has them routinely. Reverend Petra teaches it, but... I really encourage anyone that's um, anywhere into New Thought to connect the New Thought idea to the Bible because it makes the Bible just come alive. So, yes, I'm very excited. Go ahead. We're yeah. running and out of time. Oh, my God, I feel it. It's 90 <laughs> seconds. Is gonna come. And, um, and Unity Churches as well do oh, awesome. a really, really good job of of what are the metaphysical implications or in interpretations right. Of all of the Bible, include and especially or including the, um, you know, the the Christmas story. Um, and just in case anyone is not able to listen to the entire show, and and this is a topic of interest, there is also a um, there's also uh, if you were to Google. Ernest Holmes and Christmas. I think you'd probably get a couple of links. Oh, nice! About the writing that Ernest Holmes did related to Christmas as well, or to some of the links within the Science of Mind textbook. Nice. Okay. Very good. Okay, so um, let's talk about Mary and Joseph. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Mary and Joseph as a unit. As a couple, as you know, key players represent a, what might seem obvious: the feminine and the masculine. Okay. And that all of us, all of us, have both the feminine and the masculine within us. Right. And so, in this, and so it's that balance of the feminine and masculine. Um, Mary also represents. Um, well, together, I think they represent the creative process. Now, it, the, as the story is written, Mary was a virgin, right? And Joseph agrees to marry her, be with her, raise this child in any way. But that the creative process takes both the masculine and the feminine in order nice. to okay. um, in order to truly birth something powerful and fabulous and wonderful. And so Mary and Joseph as a couple, mm-hmm. I think, in the in the story represent that. And um 
and that the um, creative process, I think jo- part of what Joseph represents is that sometimes that we are not always in internal alignment, but we go forward anyway. So, Mary, if think about in 2011, and you have a male and a female couple, and the woman says, uh, Mary says, well, Joseph, I just have a little news for you. I'm pregnant, and no, it's not your baby. And you know, that might not be in alignment with what Joseph Just was planning or thinking. It's not internal alignment. I will marry a woman and I will marry a woman and marry <laughs> and we will create a child conceive a child and uh so what might not have been in internal alignment with what his expectation was, but he stepped into faith and he's acted from love. Oh, I like that. Yeah, acted from love for me. Acted from love and made a commitment to her, made a commitment to this child, and moved forward in the creative process, even though it didn't align, might not have lined up with what he originally intended, expected, or or expected. And am I correct in thinking that, that that in the original story that God or an angel or someone came to both of them? Like I know an angel came and said to Mary, you're going to bear a child, right? I remember that part. Did, did an angel or God come to Joseph there, and say? There was, and yeah, and that, I think jo- Joseph, I don't know the exact quote in the Bible, but there is a clear indication about Joseph choosing through faith you know, being that internal guidance, that intuition that's the whisper, that we refer to as the whisper of God itself, knowing that this is what I am to do and trusting right. which is faith. So, you know, we talk about we've talked about faith in other shows and I have a bias that faith is not what we think or believe. Faith is demonstrated by what we do. Right. And Actually. so Joseph's walk in faith was about walking with this experience and making the commitment, knowing that and trusting that in faith it would be exactly the right thing. Right. But moving, it's a demonstration of love. Yes. A demonstration of um, trust. Trust. And see, that that to me is huge in terms of getting that little nudge and following it, even if it seems really, like you're saying, out of alignment, if it seems, you know, outside of what my mom or dad would have me do or outside of what my, think my you know, next-door neighbor thinks is correct, you know, to take that little voice and to be willing to move forward confidently and say, yes, I will follow this. I mean, that's when I think miracles happen. Yeah. And then we talk about the birth of Christ as a miracle. Because I think it took the two of them. That was, to me, in thinking about the story, that seeded the beginning of the whole thing. Exactly. I mean, you had to have those two say yes to spirit or the whole thing was off. Yeah. Exactly. And, and isn't it true that we say that all the time, I mean, to say yes to spirit, but the moving into the unknown. Yes. Uh, I don't know what this is going to be like. I can't predict it, and and I'm going to do it. And the fact that they did it together, really, that 
really, I mean, what sticks with me so much from the class is that it took masculine and feminine together to execute the creative process. And we always talk about, you know, God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all, you know, the infinite of everything, and God can only do things in our world through people. Right. Through us saying yes. And so Mary and Joseph together are the, you know, human expression of God creating this Christ consciousness, creating this this Christ into the world. Right. So anyway, in the story, very nice. That's okay. What they represent. Check check. Okay. And very Mary Joseph. and Joseph went on a journey to Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And you know, it's like okay, so they decided to act in faith, and Mary's pregnant, and Joseph says, okay, we're going to do this thing. They could have stayed right where they were. And done this thing. I thought in they theory. had to go pay taxes or something. So, they? <laughs> so they something so like. they go on this journey right. to Bethlehem, and in the, from the metaphysical view of the world, it's a journey from the known to the unknown. Oh. It's a journey from your past, which is what was normal for you, oh. to your future, which is unknown, even if you might have some inkling of an idea. Oh. So in or you cannot birth a new you and stay where you always have been. Well, from my couch, that's unlikely. Yeah. Sorry. I've got to get up. Off the couch. And wow. So it's yes. a requirement okay. for you to, to move, move from where you have wow. been. Wow. Your past or what is my, right now your future. I mean, right, what is right now your, your, your current. Present. Yeah, your present. That's the word yes, I'm looking the present. for. Uh, which represents all of your past wow. gathering steam to here. Wow. But uh-huh. You must move to someplace new. Now, that might be, you know, from your bedroom to your kitchen. Okay, it might be from your couch to your porch. I don't know. Yeah. But it's going it's from where you are to yeah. Bethlehem. I got you. Going to Bethlehem is about t- being willing to take the journey yes. to the new place, to the next place, yeah. which in this case was Bethlehem. And um, shedding any other idea of what's normal. See, I love that. You know, what what has been normal up until right. now, are you willing to let that go? Are you right. willing to shed it to go to a new place? And any of us who are willing to do that have access to the purest of Christ consciousness. That's, that's too long for a bumper sticker, but that should be written somewhere, right there. Anyone... Who does that? Anyone who's willing to shed their norm, what they have known to be shed normal, their normal, is taking and and is willing to take the trip to Bethlehem, with Bethlehem representing. That could be a whatever. Take the trip to Bethlehem. <laughs> yeah, that's really profound. And, you know, in today, right now, right here, is able to experience the living Christ consciousness. So they get to Bethlehem. And they meet. And they realize that... Is the innkeeper in there? Mm-hmm. They realize oh, yeah. that... They realize that 
this is the next place or, you know, or they have to stop. I can't go any further. Right. Whatever gets you to that place where it's like this is where I'm supposed to be for now. And you go to the innkeeper and the innkeeper says, sorry, there's no room here. You don't fit here. You don't belong here. I can't take you in here. This is not your place. This is not where you're supposed to be. And <laughs> I just love this. I really, 15 minutes ago, I was half asleep, but now I am so energized. You are really energized. I am so energized. Okay, go ahead. So the the symbolism of the fact that there's no room at the end, that this baby is about to be born, right, is that the baby is going to be born anyway if it's coming from the impulse of spirit itself. Yes, that's the design. And that the external gatekeepers, your parents, your Your boss, your old story, they they might think they're the gatekeeper, Uh and they will say, no, that's not going to work here. No, you can't do that. Oh, wow. No, no, and no. Wow. But this divine baby is coming. But it's time for you to birth that idea. It's time for you to come into your the fullness of who you are. And it's time. And that is the divine impulse of spirit itself saying now. And so the gatekeepers are saying no, there's no room at the end. Well, you know, there's this manger over here. Not fancy. It doesn't have it's not a five star hotel. It doesn't have, you know, running water and toilets and toiletries for you in case you forgot your soap or your shampoo. Right. But it's it's over there around the corner behind the house, you know, behind anything that looks like it's worthy of your new idea. And so the manger oh, is... No, wait, I haven't gotten off. I can't get off the innkeeper. Well, yet. so they're connected. Oh, okay. So the All main, right. The manger says there's no room for that here. Right. For you here. There's no room for that idea. There's That's not going to work here. You know, go over there if you must. Out of my sight. Yeah. Out of where I don't have to deal with it. And are you... Am I... Am I willing to shed what I've always been fed. So I've walked away. I've taken I'm taking the trip to Bethlehem. I'm walking away from my past, but I am I really willing now to shed all of those comforts, all of those expectations I might have had, my past standard of living. Okay. Okay. And go wherever I am right now and be whoever I need to be right here, right now, regardless of what it looks like. I'm slightly speechless. Because <laughs> I, I, I had this thought about the idea of the no and the divine, the, the divine spirit, absolutely the impulse is going to happen. And, and, I, and I connected with this feeling of um, you know the the dice is loaded in our favor. Yes. You know there is no way outside of God being expressed. You know that is the divine impulse in everything in my life from morning to night is set up to 
get me in alignment, to get me in connection, to take me one step further. And the things that I perceive on my human mind or my ego mind, Eckhart totally called it the ego mind, you know, as blocks or bad things, really they're they're like, I always think of it as a pinball machine. Yeah. They're just they're bumper things that are right. really trying to get me up to the ringer. And when you were talking about that, you know, saying no, if I take that no mm-hmm. and I get small again, then it's like the ball goes down into the hole and I have to get a new springboard and it has to go up again. So I have to kind of yeah. redo. That's a great, Is that a that's nice metaphor? imagery, yeah. It's interesting. And then so I get up here and I then I hit another no. Well, am I going to take that no or am I going to keep going this time? And so my choice is always to not take the no. And then when you said, then the next thing, so I had that all worked out, and that imagery really worked for me. Mm-hmm. And then when you said, the manger is accepting where I am now, am I willing to accept where I am now to really get shot off into the divine? And I thought, oh, hell no, I don't want to accept where I am now. Where I am now is not looking very good. You know, but that's so interesting, <laughs> isn't it? But using the I'll, I'll take the no. I'll fight through the no, but I don't want to accept where I am. Mm-hmm. So anyway, go ahead. Well, and the, the imagery of the pinball, it's like right. you're like you hit the bumper or you hit the flipper and it flips you up. It's like you know to the next level. It is like that. So the the innkeeper says no, and then kind of as a throwaway, you know, well, you know. Because you're saying, look, this baby is coming right now. I got to have some place, okay? And well, go out in the manger with the animals. You know, you could let that shut you down. Or if this baby, if this Christ consciousness is truly ready to be born in you, in whatever it is that you are doing, then yeah, it becomes one of those slippers or one of those bumpers that moves you to the manger. I will go to the manger. I will go anywhere I need to go. Uh huh. To birth this baby, because this baby is now. Is now, and the accepting of the now is really. I'm I'm curious the the, the reaction I had to that, and that's really got to be very profound for me. But go ahead with yes, the danger story. <laughs> and so it's funny. I was looking I, that while you were talking, I was like, what did I write down when I around the manger when I you know took the class, and I wrote, normal consciousness ends, find a place and new way of being. Find a place or a new way of being. That the manger represents that our normal consciousness of going to the end, that we know that must be, that's where you stay. Right. You know, that's where you go when you're away from home and you need a place to stay. And the, and the innkeeper says, no, oh, I've got to find a new consciousness, a new way of thinking about love it. birthing this baby. Right. In order to have this baby come, my consciousness has to shift. And so the innkeeper is saying there's no room here is really just a continuation of what you started when you started on your journey of Bethlehem, to Bethlehem, saying I am no longer who I was. I'm not going to live that life. I'm going to live a new life in a new way. Well, why did you go yes to the innkeeper? Because uh-huh. that's what you knew to do before. Familiar, right. So we keep going back to familiar things. Exactly. Until we get really... But as we're birthing the Christ consciousness yeah. or as we're birthing some new opportunity, idea, or thing in our lives, the things we knew before will not be available to us. 
Yes, and instead of seeing that as a negative, the trick of it all is to see that as the positive and as the excitement. Oh, that's a no? Well, then that's a good thing. I need right. to go find the next thing that symbolizes that is going right. to assist And it may me. not look like anything I would have chosen. Ever thought of, yes. <laughs> okay, so um, then let's, then the baby is born. Okay. The baby Jesus is right. born, and that is Christ consciousness, or I'll refer to it probably through the rest of this conversation about birthing the baby Jesus is birthing the Christ consciousness in me. Within in me, each, right. In each right, one right, of right, us. Right, right, right. And, and the birth of this baby, the birth of Christ consciousness, really represents in its pure sense, purity, innocence, love, Okay. There's no defense. Oh, it's a baby, right? It's a baby who is just, I am here in perfection. Right. And it needs nurturing. It needs care. It needs the world around oh, it to support it. Interesting. It needs, it needs the mother or the father, the parents. It needs someone to nurture it, to... Um, to accept it and to stand by it as mm-hmm. it enters the world. And isn't that what we do? When we when we really birth the Christ consciousness within, we make a claim that I will stand I will be a stand for love. I will be a stand for joy. I will be a stand for peace. I will be a stand for everything that God is in my life. And the physical Tracy then has to do things to nurture that, spiritual practices. All right. To encourage that study, to protect it from what might distract it. You know, it's right. like right. I right. I have to be the parent to on the physical plane right. to this Christ consciousness birthing within me. I'm liking this topic. <laughs> see, see the energy, see? I think so. And I, as a physical presence, have to provide the security and the nurturing and the protection for this Christ consciousness that I know I am birthing to serve the world. And isn't that interesting that that we become kind of a dual Mm -hmm. experience with it? Because in many ways, as a therapist, I've worked with a lot of people and done my own what we call inner child work. Mm-hmm. In terms of, you know, nurturing and loving and reconnecting with an unconditional love with that little girl or boy that didn't perhaps get that growing up, making that kind of a a real experience in our little minds as adults. And when I think about what you were talking about in terms of when we really are birthing this new spiritual self, there is sort of a time frame where. I'm more vulnerable to people saying, oh, well, that's just silly, or what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And so to be able to kind of put on my adult armor or my big girl panties, I never thought I'd say that. I hate that saying, but look at me. There you, there you go. Um, and protect my, you know, little kind of forming pure light, pure love, and not let somebody's doubt or somebody's anxiety or somebody's fear touch that that I that I set up a little barrier between 
the world and my little budding, my little budding Jesus. If lightning was going to strike, this would be the time. But okay, go ahead. Well, and so that that is what the swaddling clothes are. The, Ooh, say that again. Okay, that that the the presence and recognizing this must be protected. It must be wrapped wow. in love. It must be wrapped in nurturing. It must be wrapped in some guidance, but the swaddling clothing is all about seeing the pure perfection and innocence and love of this baby Jesus and then wrapping it in a way to protect it so it doesn't get um, harmed by, in this case, physical forces, the wind, the rain, the cold. The horse next to it. And, you know, and so, but we do that metaphorically uh-huh. with the birth of that Christ knowing, that Christ consciousness within us. And that, you know, it's true regardless of whatever religious practices you have. If, you know, if you were birthing some new growth or just switching religions and you're just just beginning to see what that is. I mean, the metaphor applies across the board. And the swaddling clothes might, in like you were saying, because it is literally the spiritual practice or finding a community or having like-minded friends in order to help me keep this, you know, nurture this. Right, this baby yes. that has been born within me. So Awesome. So then all these uh, people are energies start coming to to announce or to come to see this baby that has been born. And and so we have the angels, we have well, we already talked about the star, that the star shines to light the way toward this presence, toward this Right. Okay, so we have the angels and the shepherds. So the angel um Announce the birth of Christ, and um, the angels. Uh, when we apply it to ourselves in the in the metaphysical sense, you know, the angels are us noticing our highest self coming forth, are being oh. guided by our highest self, and the angels are like notice. Exactly. <laughs> this is good. Exactly right. Yeah. This is good. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, Leslie, yes, go do yes, that. Yes. Good idea. Good and idea. And the the um and in that sense, it's almost like our intuition. Yeah. On a physical plane, we talk about it in our intuition as the whisper of God within us, but it's the exact kind of the same effect of this higher mind, this higher self going. Yes. yes, yes. And then but the shepherds are more the earthly, the representation of physical form. You know, angels are representation of kind of not physical form, but okay. shepherds of physical form actually traveling to get to this light. And so the shepherds are, are, are really kind of that representation that, the Christ consciousness is available to common man. Oh, okay, to everyday folk. That I you, get to have it. Right. I don't you, have to be a priest or a minister. Right. I don't have to be this, um, you know, kind of 
it's funny because you and I think everybody is enlightened and everyone is, but in in a tra- more traditional sense, I don't have to. If I were reading this, you know, kind of literally from the Bible, that an angel is a spirit of heaven. It's not an earthly form, and and of course the angels would see this Christ being born, but the angels see this Christ being born so that common man can get there, follow the star, pay attention to the lessons of the angels. So that the the shepherds represent the common person. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It is possible to journey to this Christ consciousness, to have, to honor that. Believe that. I believe that. You know, I believe that. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. And that it's that joining of the mystic and the physical. Love, love, so love that. Love that. Yes. Um, and um, the wise men. Um, and I loved this when I first heard this. Actually, quite a few years ago, it just fascinated me. You know, there were three wise men. And the first time that I really heard the Christmas story, the nativity scene in the context of what if the wise men represented the Trinity, just like we say you know, oh. in, Christ, in traditional Christianity, God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. What if the wise men represented the Trinity and then also frankincense, myrrh, and gold? There are three gifts the wise men bring. And so this three, you know, the three runs, the number three Very runs through so many things, spiritual stories. And so the the wise men bring three gifts and that whole idea of there are always three levels of being oh. in, in spirituality. And that might be a whole other show. So just let's talk about that. There are three levels, and so there's no accident that there are three. Interesting. Okay. Three wise men, and they bring frankincense, frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And when so when the Christ consciousness is born within us, we are gifted. We receive the gifts of the Trinity. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. And we all receive, anyone who rebirths the Christ consciousness receives these gifts. And gold in metaphysical terms represents the physical. Frankincense represents spirit or prayer. And myrrh represents the creative process or law. This is oh, I didn't know that about myrrh. Okay. And so you have the trinity. You have the physical form. You have effect, you have law, uh-huh. and you have the spiritual kind of process, those, you know, the universal mind in there as well. So the wise men and their three gifts, that's kind of what it represents. And I'm looking at the clock going, oh, my goodness, <laughs> we have like nine minutes left in the show. Now, so go back up to that idea of, that when we are <clears throat> when we are born in our new Christ consciousness, when we take the take the swaddling clothes and start protecting that, then we are, you use the word I mean you said guaranteed, but I got the feeling of we're guaranteed. Here are the here are the things we're going to be given to aid us on the journey. In a way, it's like divine is going to meet us and say, here are the things. And it made me think of in the twelve steps. When you do the twelve steps, there are twelve promises. And people rarely talk about the 12 promises in 12 steps. And I'm like, we need to talk about the promises. Because it talks yeah. about that you are guaranteed. I mean, that's the language in the big book. 
without cost numbers. If you take the, if you are diligent, it says if you are diligent in taking these steps, these are promises mm-hmm. that we give to you. And the promises are just like you read them, you're like, oh my gosh, that's like divine spirit walking around. Mm-hmm. How can that possibly be? But I think that's a real interesting point that that the divine is saying, just do your part, and I promise you, this right. all other is gonna, you know, I'm coming to you. I'm coming. You just have to do your part. And, you know, I mean, I don't like to use the word I'm coming to you because that makes it seem divided again. But the language isn't there. But the idea of, you know, just do your part, Leslie. Just do, please, 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 because I've got this. Yeah, I love that. You know? I love that. And, yeah, I think there is um, that that piece that the swaddling clothes are there. And then all of the other things for the rest of the nativity story are exactly that. It's like you're guaranteed that there will be the star, that there will be a divine light guiding you to deeper awareness. You are guaranteed that the, the what the three wise men and the three gifts represent is there for you, that the law, that the law in the universe is working, conspiring for your good and right. working on your behalf in unity. Right. To bless your journey to bless your life. And, um, you know, and the angels and the shepherds are there, that the angels are there proclaiming your good. You know, we did a show, um, oh, 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 I'm not going to remember what the topic was, but it was what if you look, the example that was coming to mind is when we talked about what if we really, looked at people as if there was an angel coming before them yes. saying, you know, stand, right. stand stand, back, here comes. Right, here comes a divine representation of God announcing that, you know, this next person coming into your path is. So it's like the angels are there for you as you birth this Christ consciousness and as you nurture it right. and as you live from that place. Right. And the shepherds come and then everyone around you will see it in you as uh-huh. well yes. if you are living from that place. Correct, I believe that. And so um, who, what have we not done? We have not talked about, oh, we had only the only uh, piece element of the nativity story we haven't talked about is Herod. So oh. King Herod represents human control and fear after the birth of of Jesus, when um, every, when so many people were heralding the birth of the new king uh-huh. and of Jesus Christ and Jesus the Christ, and uh, the king Herod was threatened by that and declared the birth of all, the death that all male babies should be killed, all male under a certain age should be killed because. No one would tell him or direct him to the Christ. Right. And um, and so that whole process represents human control and fear. That whole pro- Herod would be uh-huh. linked to your ego. Uh-huh. Now uh-huh. saying, wait a minute, we got to stop, stop this. this. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. What are you thinking? Now, I don't know what's going uh-huh. on with Tracy, but no, that's not going to work. It threatens me. It right. threatens my power. Right. It threatens who I have known my kingdom of the world right. of life to right. be. And no, no, that's just not going to work. It it has to go. And if 
I choose in my everyday of life to choose Christ consciousness, to choose God, or I choose things that are not from my Christ consciousness, that are not God, right. then I'm choosing Herod. I'm choosing the opposite of God. I'm choosing to kill. Maybe initially I'm choosing to ignore uh-huh. my Christ consciousness. Uh-huh. Interesting. But uh, ignoring, ignoring, to, ignoring, right. ignoring decision after decision after decision or pretending it's not there or covering it up time after time after time results in the death of that connection with spirit, the death of Christ consciousness. And so Christ consciousness is killed out of ego, out of yes. Herod, saying that has to stop, that's not good, I won't have that in my kingdom. It is not how I built my kingdom. And, and can't you just hear the ego say oh, that? Oh, I absolutely can't. And I can absolutely look at the span of my life and see where I have killed Christ consciousness at different levels. And that goes back to the connecting, the wonderful connected us you did, you know, because I have spiraled up and it hit some sort of something, some hair that I just couldn't, you know, fight off, quote unquote, or couldn't, you know, but wasn't strong enough at the time not to believe. And so I slid back you, down. You either slide down, or you just are in a loop at that level. At that level, you, you don't. You may not go any lower, but you may not go higher in the spiral either. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. So, so we can slaughter our in. own Christ, Christ consciousness. <sighs> nobody else is, can. Nobody else is doing it. Oh, absolutely. I'm We're that, choosing right. yeah. that. If 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 baby Jesus dies, it's my. <laughs> it's definitely my fault. I get that. Yeah. And that's so fascinating that that is, because I was thinking about it as you were telling that part of the story, I thought, you know, I really hope these stories are metaphysical and they're writing even to put a whole thing to have actually occurred and place and time to slaughter all those young children. But really, when I think about my own sort of self-sabotage or my own sense or believing my own lack, you know, it's that horrible as well, that I give in to that ego and I let that pure, little, innocent, loving, all all God, all spirit, you know, get trampled on. It, it, it really is tragic. Yeah, and that's a place where it's kind of like I'm being shifted to the manger, but I want to be in the end, so I'm just going to not... Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to go on and stay there where it's warm, and I know that it's air conditioning. <laughs> so I'm kind of yeah, it's about, so uh, cool. Um, good. And so let's. Uh, I'm going to end you, with baby. this quote from Ernest Holmes: "On the day that there dawns upon the consciousness of any man the realization that he is an an eternal being, universe, and all men, that the highest God and the innermost God is one God." On that day, the cosmic Christ is born anew, and again the Word is made flesh and dwells among us. Nice. So thanks for joining us on Say Yes to Spirit. And if you have comments you'd want to add, just please add them to the blog. And uh, 
In the meantime, oh, what are we going to talk about next week? Next week we're going to talk about, oh, family and the holidays. Family and the holidays. Yeah, because sometimes when we're with family during the holidays, that's the time we lose our Christ consciousness. Maybe you just died. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about what happens when we're with family and how we say yes during the holiday season. Until then, say say yes yes to spirit. spirit. number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.